all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Hello, Mississippi. Hello, Alabama. Hello, Louisiana. And hello, Tennessee. It's Southern Remedy, the original live version. The Doc in the Box call-in show for you. And today it's all about whatever you want to talk about. Just me here, by myself, lonely, and waiting for your call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 It's whatever you want to talk about on Southern Remedy, and we're going to give you the latest on Zika, and you're not going to like it. We'll be right back after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. After a string of campaign mishaps, Donald Trump is bringing on two major players to help the GOP nominee compete more effectively in the final months before the general election. NPR's Tamara Keith reports Trump is adding a campaign CEO and a campaign manager as he looks to turn around sagging poll numbers. Stephen Bannon will temporarily step aside from his position as executive chairman of the conservative site Breitbart News to be CEO of Trump's operation. The campaign says this is designed to bolster the business-like approach of the campaign. Pollster Kellyanne Conway, who was recently brought on as a strategist, will now become campaign manager. This comes as the campaign in recent days has worked to drive a consistent message, with Trump delivering speeches from a teleprompter and avoiding the sorts of off-the-cuff remarks that have gotten him a lot of attention, but not the right kind. Trump's campaign is also slated to begin running its first television ads of the general election season later this week. Tamara Keith, NPR News. The Democratic nominee is keeping her economic agenda front and center during a campaign stop in Ohio, one of the states expected to be crucial to both presidential candidates. The Clinton campaign will double down on drawing a sharp contrast between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Yesterday, the Trump campaign announced it would finally begin airing its first ads of the general election in the coming days in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida and North Carolina. The United States Olympic Committee confirms police in Brazil are investigating American swimmers Ryan Lochte and James Fegan. This follows reports that four swimmers were robbed at gunpoint in a taxi after leaving a party and were returning to the athlete's village. However, police reportedly say that so far they have been unable to corroborate details of the incident. At the Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, athletes in Taekwondo and BMX cycling see their first action of the Games today. NPR's Tom Goldman reports two American gold medal favorites in other sports also make their Rio debuts. It's always dangerous to label an athlete unbeatable, but until someone beats decathlete Ashton Eaton and boxer Clarissa Shields, the label fits. Shields hasn't lost since winning the 2012 
Olympic middleweight title. She begins her gold medal defense today. So does Eaton in the 10-event decathlon. He hasn't lost a decathlon in the last five years. Wednesday's women's long jump final features the loneliest athlete in Rio. Daria Klishina is the only Russian track and field athlete competing here. She escaped the doping ban levied against all of her teammates. And Brazil's men's soccer team will try to do what the Brazilian women weren't able to do yesterday, advance to the final. Tom Goldman, NPR News, Rio de Janeiro. Rescue operations are underway across southern Louisiana, where floods have claimed at least 11 lives over recent days and left thousands displaced. Several parishes are under curfew because of looting. At last check on Wall Street, the Dow was down more than 80 points. You're listening to NPR News. In Southern California, an out-of-control wildfire that ignited in a mountain pass east of Los Angeles has forced mass evacuations and destroyed an unknown number of homes and businesses. NPR's Kirk Sigler reports that more than 82,000 people are being forced to flee the Blue Cut Fire. The Blue Cut Fire is burning through the rugged and bone-dry mountains and canyons in the Cajon Pass area in the San Bernardino Mountains. Now, the sheer number of people being evacuated and the size of the evacuation zone sets this wildfire apart from even some of the more destructive ones to hit California in recent days. The closure of major roads, including Interstate 15, the main freeway linking L.A. with Las Vegas, has hampered evacuation efforts as well. California Governor Jerry Brown has declared a state of emergency for San Bernardino County, freeing up funds and other state aid. It's his third such disaster declaration in just over 24 hours. Kirk Sigler, NPR News, Los Angeles. A once prominent former Louisiana prosecutor accused of soliciting sex from at least 20 women in exchange for leniency has been sentenced to three years in prison for obstruction of justice. 73-year-old Harry Morrell was also fined $20,000. Morrell was district attorney for more than 30 years in St. Charles Parish, not far from New Orleans. Prosecutors had called Morrell a sexual predator, but a U.S. attorney says that because the statute of limitations expired on certain crimes and questions emerged about the credibility of potential witnesses and integrity of evidence, Morrell was never able to be charged with a sexual crime. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include LegalZoom, providing resources to protect intellectual property, including trademark registration, copyrights, patents, and independent attorney consultations for advice. Legal help is at LegalZoom.com. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. This is a live doctor call-in show. We've been here a long time. In fact, we're almost ossified. But we are very, very happy uh, and honored to be uh, with you. For I think we're going on year 11 now. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, Professor of Medicine and Pediatrics, and I am your solo host today. We thought we'd just have a you and us visit. So it's um, it's whatever you want to talk about. I have nothing in particular 
that I want to uh, have as a topic today. So I wanted you to have a day that we could talk about whatever medical issues you were dealing with personally or you wanted to know more about. So you can give us a call uh, at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. One eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I did promise to update you on the Zika virus issue because I have been saying uh, since we knew about this that this was a big, big problem, primarily because of um, the whole uh, issue about birth control and so forth uh, that gets all tied up into this particular issue with uh, children with um, uh, developmental defects that occur in a large percentage of people who are pregnant with this. And there's also Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a uh, progressive uh, loss of feeling and function from the feet up that can occur as a result of this. And we don't need to forget other uh, mosquito-borne viruses. So if you want to talk more about Zika, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or whatever you want to give us a call about today. So if you if you go on uh, the CDC website, which is cdc.gov, G-O-V, and look at the map of the United States now, there's only two states as of the first of the month that have not reported Zika cases. That's Wyoming and South Dakota, and we're not too near either one of those. The largest two sites are uh, New York, where there have been 530 cases reported, and Florida, where there have been 32 cases reported. Now, be aware of the fact that about 50% of people who have this uh, problem don't really get sick or don't see a physician. So it's only the people that have the real deal, which is fever, rash, joint pains. Uh, those are the usual manifestations uh, that, that, ca- that cause this. Many people will have some red eye conjunctivitis. So the, the big ones are fever, rash, joint pains or soreness, and conjunctivitis. Only about 50% of the people who actually have that show up to a doctor, and not all of them will allow to be tested. So the, the numbers that are being reported are a minuscule part of what's going on. And in Louisiana, we've had 22 cases, in Alabama, 11, and in Mississippi, 14, and in Tennessee, 27. Those are the states uh, that hear us on the radio here the most. Uh, And so we've got uh, those cases, uh, that number of cases already presented, uh, and all of those have been cases where there has been travel reported. and in, in the state of Mississippi, it's primarily to Central uh, America and the Caribbean. Honduras is a hot spot. Puerto Rico is a hot spot. Um, and uh, the Caribbean islands in general. So the recommendations are if you're, if you're uh, a, a female who could get pregnant, don't go unless you're on birth control. Uh, and, of course, birth control isn't 100% effective. So uh, we're going to go to Mobile now and follow up on this, and then we'll go to Tupelo and Florence and go to your house. I'm going to try to keep these answers 
as short as possible without cutting you off this morning, where we'll get as many of your questions answered as possible. Uh, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, and we're here on Southern Remedy, All Things Considered, the Wednesday version live at one 672 7464 that's one eight seven seven mpb ring So let's go to Mobile and Tilia. Hey, Tilia. Uh, hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm looking at uh, Mobile, uh, Alabama uh, report here, and mm-hmm. it says that, uh, I understand you're interested in, in Zika. It says 16 Alabama counties, including Mobile County, now have reported cases that includes Calhoun, Coleman, Etawa, Etowah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've been gone too long. Uh, <laughs> Houston, Jefferson, Lawrence, Lee, Limestone, Madison, Mobile, Montgomery, Morgan, Shelby, St. Clair, Talladega, and Tuscaloosa. And uh, so what's your question? Well, uh, my husband and I have been married four years now, and we were starting to think about um, planning a family should we hold off on that until um, this this gets figured out and we know for sure whether this is going to be an epidemic in the U.S.? That's a great question, and I'll tell you, there everybody has a different answer, and it's so politically charged that the health departments are probably going to be slow. Dr. Eichold, who is your county health officer in Mobile area, has said persons should exercise caution and follow Alabama Department of Public Health recommendations regarding Zika, uh, which don't address this issue uh, for you or for us here in Mississippi or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Here's my personal thought. Um, if if you want to get pregnant before it freezes, uh, you're going to have to be very, very careful because we just don't know uh, how common this is going to uh, end up being before the first freeze. And, you know, in Mobile, that can be as late as, you know, Christmas or January. And uh, so what I would do if, if I were you is I would uh, time that uh, trying to get pregnant for uh, somewhere uh, after it cools off, uh, mm-hmm. some, somewhere near the first freeze, and then avoid going out early in the morning and late uh, in, in the twilight period. Of course, th- these things can bite all day. And use insect repellent. There's no problem using deep sprays like crazy and wear long sleeves. That would be the way I I would I would do this if I was talking to my wife about uh, a pregnancy and uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now other people may argue with that, but that's my recommendation to you. I now if you if if for some reason you have to get pregnant now because of the timing, the insurance and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. then, you know, there there are if you're really faithful with your deet uh, and that includes spraying it on your face. The big problem is people get a lot of facial bites, and they don't want to spray on the face. You have to take your glasses off, and you have to spray it on your face, scalp, and neck. People don't like that. And uh, then all over your on top of your clothes, you have to spray it top to bottom, and you have to repeat that in about an hour if you're outside. So uh, you got to go to buy groceries and stuff like that. So if you use that... Uh, you mostly stay inside and so forth, and you're really careful, then your your odds are really good of not getting it. The problem is nobody wants to bring a child into the world that you know may have a developmental problem So, uh, if you can't help it. So does that make sense? 
Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And we we uh, we appreciate your call. That got that something on the table for everybody. Thank you. Let's go to Ron in Tupelo. Hey, Ron. Hey, Dr. Rick. How you doing? Well, I'm doing great, and I'm doing better because you called. What's going on? Well, I called you a few weeks ago about my little finger popping out a joint. Mm-hmm. And you gave me advice to either see a ortho guy or a plastic surgeon mm-hmm. specialized in hands. Yeah. Which I did, and I'm getting physical therapy. My ortho guy's trying that first. Good. But anyway, what I wanted to say, you saved me from having to go to see a doc in a box for an initial diagnosis. Well, and good. that saved me around here. That's like 70 bucks. And I would like to challenge the people calling in today to take the money that your advice or your guidance, I'm sorry, is worth, and send in donation to MPB. I mean, for me, I'm a sustaining member. That covered my membership for a few months. Well, you are very generous in saying that, and we appreciate it. We've also got this car tag thing that's even less. So, uh, you know, this this place really operates on a shoestring. I, I get no money from them. We're uh, the people that come over here and do this program, do it volunteer from UMC, and UMC is good enough to give us time off to come over and do it. And there are a whole series of volunteer programs uh, and people who are over here. And with the cuts in the state budgets that all state agencies are dealing with, uh, we really do need your support. So, Ron, thank you so much for saying that, and I I hope that the physical therapy works. Give us a follow-up on that when you uh, get it done. Thanks for your call. We have open lines. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics, and we give our best attempt to answer whatever's on your mind. And we have open lines today. It's anything you want to talk about at one 672 Let's go to Roger. Hey, Roger. Well. What's happening? I have a tingling in my left arm. I know that's not your primary bailiwick, but... Uh, the first uh, inclination I have since I've, you know, I've been, I've had various back injuries w- would be to go to a chiropractor and see if he can explain it. It's a tingling that comes every now and then, uh, you know, and I know it's associated somewhere in my thoracic spine. But okay, let's talk about that. By the way, Roger, a, a general doctor, an internist, pediatrician, or family medicine person is pretty good at, at at least directing you at wherever you go. So you don't have to always start with a specialist, especially if you have, and I am a rheumatologist on the side, so this is in my area, but I'm talking generally um, uh, about this whole issue. If you have a complaint like this that could be caused by many different things, actually starting uh, with a generalist is a good place to, to go. So uh, I, th- I think that's just a concept I wanted to share with others. I think you're probably aware of that. Let me ask you a couple of questions about the tingling. Uh, have you ever had this before? Is this a I, new new problem? Of course, I've hit my funny bone and had my little finger go numb, but no, this is a, this is a tingling throughout my uh, arm and hand. Is it constant or does it come and go? It goes, comes and goes. Uh, does it get work? Do, is there anything you can do to trigger it? It seems to me, I, I, I can't seem to do it when I'm trying to, but when I'm not trying to, it's when I straighten up, of course, I'm getting old and stooped, <laughs> but when I straighten up to get my head back up straight where it used to be, I think that that 
impinges on something, you know. So rotation of your neck, doing something with your neck seems to turning your neck or extending your neck seems to maybe trigger it? I'm not sure which is extending and which is the other. But Okay, flexing is when you look down. Extending is when you look up at the ceiling. Definitely extending, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. All right, so that use, that probably triggers it? I think so. Okay, well, see, what I was trying to do asking you those questions was to make sure that one, this isn't cardiac because no. uh, any funky feeling in one arm, especially your left arm, but can be your right arm, can be an angina equivalent, a heart problem equivalent. And it does not sound like that's the case. Usually angina is provoked by anger, exercise, uh, cold, that sort of thing. Uh, But usually exercise is a big trigger. And it usually involves one arm or your chest if you're a man. And a woman, all bets are off. Uh, It can involve even be stomach pain. Doesn't sound like that's it, and that's good. So it does sound like you have an entrapment syndrome probably in your neck. And what happens is the nerves coming out of your cervical part of your spine get hooked uh, on uh, a bony spur. And when you turn or rotate a certain way, then you get numbness or tingling in your arm that goes on and off. And someone who does not have a history of cancer or other problems, and has a, especially if has a history of osteoarthritis, which most people over 50 do, my recommendation for that is to go directly to a physical therapist. And if it doesn't go away on its own, and let the physical therapist do an assessment, you can self-refer to a physical therapist. You don't need me to do it. And get them, they are, they are trained more than enough to evaluate this and to give you some exercises and some local treatment. And if it doesn't get better, you'll have to see uh, someone who uh, specializes in that area. And I'll just tell you that most of those osteoarthritis is taken care of by generalist and internist, a family medicine person, and so forth. Um, but that's what I would do, and you'll save yourself a lot of time and money, okay? That's really a fine summary, and I appreciate you very much. All right. Thank you very much for your call. We're going to be going to Jackson and Tupelo and Memphis and your call, your house. If you give us a call, <clears throat> we're at one eight seven seven mpb ring I'm Dr. Rick, and I'll be right back after this break. Support for MPB comes from the Pediatric and Congenital Heart Center of Alabama at Children's of Alabama, a cardiovascular care center for children in Birmingham, Alabama. More at childrensal.org slash heart. MPB is getting its very own car tag. But first, we need your help. To begin production, we need 300 of you to say yes to the tag. Go to mpbonline.org slash car tag for more information and also to sign up. A portion of the fee goes to help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Thanks for your help, and we'll see you on the road. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're back at Southern Remedy, the Dr. Call-In Show. And uh, it's Dr. Rick by himself here solo, lonely, lonely, very lonely today. So I need you to give me a call to make me feel less lonely. By the way, uh, if you're in Mississippi and you want to know more about Zika, uh, the uh, CDC address that covers this is www.cdc.gov backslash Zika, Z-I-K-A, backslash G-E-O, G-E-O, backslash active dash countries dot html so there's an address and if you can't remember that just go to cdc.com gov at cdc.gov and put in zika and you'll get there but this is updated fairly frequently and uh here's the thing that really bothers me and i'm gonna stick my neck out here and get in trouble with all my fellow uh uh church members um uh most of these cases a lot, I would say at least half of them are being brought back from mission trips. And uh, and the folks who run these mission trips are saying we have no intention and in stop sending our people into these areas that are infected. And my response to that is okay, but everybody who goes over there into these areas needs to be tested when they get back to see if they've had, they've been infected or in a position to transmit this to anyone. Now, this can be transmitted by sex uh, or a mosquito bite. So if you've gone on a mission trip, which is a wonderful thing to do, I wish we'd do more to, in Mississippi, more mission trips to the Delta and other areas that need help. But if you're going to Honduras or Grenada or wherever you're going um, uh, on a mission trip or wherever, uh, think about, uh, if you get infected with this thing, and there's a reasonable chance you're going to get infected, and bring that back and spread it around. And the best way to deal with that is ask your doctor to test you about two weeks after you get back. And, of course, you should not have sex with anyone, any any potentially, uh, any female could pregnantly get, potentially get pregnant. You should not have sex uh, with that person um, for uh, until you're tested. Uh, when you get back from these trips. So that that's my recommendation, uh, unsupported by any mandate from anyone other than me. So there you go. That's what I think needs to be done. Let's go to Emmanuel and Jackson. Hey, Emmanuel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good if I can get rid of this heartburn. Let's talk about it. What, what right. are you feeling? I was wondering if you could give me some home remedy for the heartburn I have, it, I feel it right in my throat area, mm-hmm. and it—I it, don't know what's causing it. I've been to the doctor like two or three times. They give me the Prilosec and things of that nature, but it doesn't seem to help me. Well, let's just make sure you've got heartburn. Okay. Uh, what are you? Uh, heartburn typically 
uh, is a feeling of pain or discomfort in your chest uh, and or and or uh, burning in your throat. Is that what you're having? Yes, sir. That's what I'm having. Okay. When does it occur? It has no particular time, but most times it's like late at night when I go to lay down and go to sleep. Okay, well, that sounds what it is, about what it is. Are you uh, overweight? No, sir. Okay, um, so let, it sounds like that you're having reflux esophagitis, okay? And there's a little valve between your esophagus and your stomach. Your stomach sits under your diaphragm, which separates your stomach from your lungs. And the swallowing tube, the esophagus, runs from your mouth down to your stomach below the diaphragm, below that muscle, and there's a valve there uh, between the stomach and the esophagus. Otherwise, you would constantly, when the stomach squeezes a digested food to go forward into your gut, that would be running back up your esophagus, and acid would be running up there 24-7. Well, when you get obese or if you just have bad luck, like a lot of people have, that valve doesn't work right. So every time that stomach squeezes stuff, and it's especially... Uh, a problem when you're laying down, if there's any leak in that valve, that acid runs back up your esophagus and can go all the way to your, uh, you can be hoarse from it, you can taste it and so forth. So here's the treatment that you can do yourself. You need to take two uh, antacid things, uh, and that would be an over-the-counter proton pump inhibitor, and there are several of these. Nexium is over-the-counter, uh, so on Parazol, uh, Protonics is over the counter. There's several of them. Get the cheapest one. You can find out what the cheapest one is if you go to goodrx.com, and you'll find there'll be big differences between uh, different stores, but you can get these really cheap. And you need to take, so that's a PPI. You also need to take a second medicine, which is called Ranitidine, R-A-N-I-T-I-D-I-N-E, generic that is a antihistamine so you take the the proton pump inhibitor over the counter one twice a day and then the ranitidine at night and if that doesn't do it you also chew two gaviscon tablets at bedtime and if that doesn't get rid of it after about two or three weeks you need to see. Uh, you need to get your doctor to refer you to a gastroenterologist because you probably have need to have him look down at your esophagus and make sure it's not eroded. So I'm gonna go through that again. Here's the acute treatment for this problem: uh, a PPI over the counter twice a day, and go to your pharmacist if you, you're not sure which one it is. Uh, a uh, acid blocker, ranitidine at night. And then if you still got problems, chew up two Gaviscon, that silicone that coats your esophagus, uh, and drink a glass of water about an hour before bedtime. And if that doesn't do it, you got to get an evaluation. Okay? Thank you very much. Great to talk to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. Let's go to Happy in Tupelo. Hey, Happy. Are you happy, Happy? I am. Good. <laughs> Mostly. I, I'm happy because you called. What's, what's your, what's your uh, issue? Well, about 40 years ago, I had a ganglion cyst taken off of my left wrist. Yeah. And about five years ago, it started coming back. Yeah. And it hadn't bothered me, but my my physician, my general physician, she put a shot of 
I think it was cortisone. She said sometimes it'll shrink them. Yep. But it hasn't, and now it's like on it's. It was just on the top of my wrist, mm-hmm. and it's gotten so big now that it's on the bottom also, mm-hmm. underneath my wrist, mm-hmm. and it started hurting the last month or so. And I'm wondering what I'm, I need to do. I'm so sorry about that. It, that is a very very common problem. The ganglion cyst is basically a bulging of the cover of one of the tendons. The tendons are those ropes. If you yeah. if you look at your wrist, uh-huh. they go down and they run all the way uh, from up in your arm or the muscles that they're connected to to the end of your fingers. Uh, and there's yeah. extensive well, two of my fing- my little finger and the net ring finger is also numb now. Yeah, they don't hurt or anything. They're just numb. Yeah, well, you probably got enough swelling in there that you're getting a carpal tunnel type effect. That's giving you the numbness. Especially if it's those last two fingers, is that the two that's a problem? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting carpal tunnel on top of uh, the ganglion cyst. Oh, so unfortunately, okay. Well, let me just tell you what you can do symptomatically. Okay. Uh, the you can do that injection more than once, and usually if it doesn't work on the first time, it's not going to work on the second. But sometimes you get lucky. The treatment for the numbness is a splint. To okay. keep your hand, uh, uh, f- rather than getting it uh, flexed or extended at night, to keep it in the neutral position, you can get those splints at the drugstore. Yeah, I've that- got three or four of them. Okay, all right. <laughs> and if the splint doesn't work and the injection doesn't work, then the only thing you can do is go have that surgically fixed. I wish I had or put up with it, which most well, people will do. I mean, will it do. get worse? Uh, the, the carpal tunnel will come and go. Yeah. Uh, it usually does not go away. The ganglion cyst will not get smaller, usually. You can't just suck it out because it's cystic. There's not, yeah. not you know, you can't get anything out of there with a needle. So yeah. about the only thing you can do is cut it out. So okay. I wish I had better news for you, Happy, but that's the truth. Okay, well, I sure appreciate it. All right, I good. love y'all show. Well, we appreciate you calling. We're okay, well, we're we're going to go to Vicksburg. Thank you, uh, Happy, again. We're going to go to Vicksburg in Memphis after this call, and we're going to go to your house. It's All Things Considered on Public Broadcasting Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick, and we're here uh, for your calls. We'll be right back after this break. up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
Well, the conventions are over. Candidates have been nominated. With less than three months to Election Day, we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. But whatever it is, we'll be here to help you understand it. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Rick. Uh, you're listening to Southern Remedy. Uh, we're here for your calls at one 672 7464 So please give us a call. By the way, here's another freebie. On October the 20th at the University of Mississippi Medical Center Student Union with free parking. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a program uh, presented for uh, on Alzheimer's and dementia in general. Uh, people are so hungry for uh, accurate information in this, uh, and it's free. There's no nothing. Just go, and I think they have free food, too, of some sort. Uh, the title of it is Treatments for the Mind, Medication and Behavioral Intervention for Patients with Alzheimer and Related Dementias. And Dr. Patel, who is the director of the clinical services uh, part for the Mind Center, is going to be talking and answering questions. So, if you have memory issues or have a family member with memory issues that you're dealing with, this is a great chance to get your questions answered and get some new information about the treatments that are available, none of which are very good, but we always try them, and how to deal with sleep disturbances and agitation and other problems with people with memory disorders. They want you to call 601-815-4237 or send them an email at the mindcenter at umc.edu to register so they'll know how many people are coming. That's 601-815-4237, or the mindcenter at umc.edu. That's October the 20th, 2016. Refreshments from 530 to 6, and the program's from 6 to 7. So uh, if you didn't get that, just send me an email at southernremedy.edu. Uh, Southern Remedy at mpbonline.org, and I will reinforce that. So that's that's something that's really good. I've been to those and participated in them over the years, and they're they're very helpful. Let's go to our next caller, and I think the next caller is Jackson uh, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. Thanks for your call. What's going on with, with your uh, life? Well, um, I have a question about my son, actually. He is 26, Mm -hmm. and um, when he was in college, he began to develop what um, was diagnosed as lipomas in both arms. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's near the elbow on the underneath side of the arm. Uh, They didn't do biopsies or anything like that, but they they felt like that's what it was. And my concern is they, they, they grow and they occasionally bother him, what if anything needs to be done about them and is is are they in any re- way related to our family history of inflammatory disease i have sarcoidosis i have a nephew with um crohn's disease and i want to know you know for down the road what we need to be looking for 
Yeah. So has he had one of these? He has only only two. He has is one on each elbow. Well, he has one on each elbow. I think he said he had one on one leg as well. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think the most important thing to, to to know is are these really lipomas? So we uh, need to biopsy. Yeah, them. I think you need okay. to take him to a dermatologist. That would okay. be probably they're very familiar with funky things that uh, grow on the skin or under the skin. Right. And okay. I, I think that would be the cheapest and most effective way to do that. Okay. And uh, that's where I would go first. I definitely would want somebody who is familiar with this problem because there are all kinds of other lumps that right. can come up, some of them that are associated with sarcoid, for instance, right. uh, and other conditions, and you wouldn't want to miss them. So I, I think that probably has been blown off long enough, and it's time to have okay. it checked out. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good to talk to you. You Let's too. go to Brenda in Hattiesburg. Hey, hey, Brenda. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for your call. I love Hattiesburg and the folks down there. Sweet people. Oh, you're kind. We really appreciate your show. Thanks. And I'm calling about a preventive ideas that you may have for our friends and relatives in Baton Rouge and mm-hmm. the western Mississippi and the coast in uh, cleanup for uh, the flooding, like including if they scratch their hands or all the things that they would have to do when they're dealing with flood water. I, I just wondered if you had any. You know, I should have I should have volunteered that information. I am so glad you called. It's not that it didn't on my mind uh, because I lived in that area for a long time. So I do know the issues. So thank you for reminding me about that. The biggest single problem that we are concerned about is Vibrio vulnificus. That is the flesh-eating bacteria that you can get from uh, walking around. If you have cut the bottom of your foot or you're walking around barefooted and you come up on something that has that growing in it, and there's a lot of it on the coast, and right now the water is very warm and there's a lot of it around. So it's very important that anybody, first of all, you ought not be walking around in in water uh, that you can't see in deep water that you can't see what's going on and probably none because what happens when you have flooding is the sewers overflow. So you have um, untreated sewage in there. You have all kinds of insects. And the biggest problem this time of the year is floating mounds of fire ants. So people walking around in water will all of a sudden just come up on one of these floating fire ant mounds and they will sting you like you wouldn't believe multiple times. And uh, then, of course, there's the usual snakes, which the only reason you get in trouble with them is is you got in their way. They don't want to bite you uh, unless they're uh, threatened. So there's all kinds of things. So try to uh, wear uh, rubber boots if you have to walk in the water for what reason or the other. And uh, that's the, the way to deal with that. And even those sometimes... Uh, you can get something that will penetrate. So far as cleaning uh, cleaning stuff up with scratches, the problem there is Staphylococcus infection, which is another uh, infection that can cause really bad problems. If you, uh, I recommend that people uh, uh, go to the big box stores and get those leather gardener's gloves. They go all the way up to your elbow. They are leather. They cost about. $19, and they're worth every penny of it. They're almost undestructible, <clears throat> and uh, use those uh, when you're 
pulling and cleaning on material and moving it out of the house and so forth and so on. Uh, I usually have people, if it's not too hot, put a, um, a, a, a glove on one of the uh, painting gloves that you get, the plain, uh, not the rubber gloves, the, the other plastic gloves, the blue ones, if you know what I mean, on under, under uh, their nitrile, N-I-T-R-I-L-E gloves, uh, under that, if you're going to have a possibility of getting stuck with something, because that gives you a second line of protection, and usually it won't go through two different things. If you do get scratched, you should wash with an antibacterial soap. Uh, even if it's bleeding, it needs to be washed off uh, very, very quickly, and it needs to be covered with a Band-Aid unless it needs stitches. How do you know if you need stitches? Well, if it's something that won't come together with a Band-Aid, certainly you're going to have to have a stitch in it. We don't recommend steri strips, which are available over the counter for doing your own mending if it's a large cut. If it's a small cut, it's clean, and you can see it clean. You can actually put one of those little steri strips around there and save yourself a stitch. But if it's big, it needs to be uh, cleaned up. And watch very carefully. If there are any signs of infection, pain, redness, uh, swelling, uh, that comes in one of those areas, you need to see someone quickly, not later, to be put on antibiotics uh, to make sure that doesn't uh, 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 be a problem. The other thing is what you drink and what you eat with the power off. Um, it is not good to eat any food that hasn't been frozen or isn't still frozen at the time you defrost it to eat it. Uh, we get a lot of food poisoning uh, with uh, when the refrigeration is not working, and that's something you got to really be careful f- about. The Red Cross is down there like crazy in all those areas trying to help people. The most important thing I think uh, we can do is volunteer to go down there and help, and a lot of people are taking items down there that are important. Diapers are a big, big issue. People can't get into stores. Uh, can't get out of their house to get into stores. Dog food or pet food, they can't get pet food. Uh, uh, very helpful. And then any kind of cleaning materials. Everybody's cleaning Clorox, uh, anything that you can clean with, uh, mops and brooms and so forth are desperately needed in that area. And I would suggest you give the Red Cross a call or your church or whoever's volunteering in that area and try to support them in this effort. These are our friends and neighbors, and uh, we ought to be out helping them. And so uh, that's uh, that call was greatly appreciated. Thank you. Let's go to Zane Vicksburg. Hey, Zane. I, I thought you forgot about me. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't. We got a lot of calls, and I, I apologize for keeping you <laughs> no, waiting. It, it, it's but, fine. But oh. if you're from Vicksburg, by definition, you're special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, okay, okay, question. Uh, I'm supposed to be going to see a pulmonologist next week because I have chest pains that they can't figure out what's, what it is. Mm-hmm. And they told me that I'm supposed to talk to them next week. Um, cause I did my PT, PFT and all that and they didn't want to send it in a letter. So yeah. I'm kind of worried about what they're going to tell me. Um, but I was told that I might have COPD. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom just passed away last week with a uh, cancer. Yeah. So I'm kind of worried about that. Yeah. Um, well, when I first started having these chest pains and th- 
you you had a, a answer for a guy earlier, which it kind of that's why I'm calling um, about the numbness in the left arm. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I started having my chest pains, I started having the, it's like a tingling feeling in my arm, mm-hmm. and especially when I like lay down at night to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's always cold. Uh, it, it, I mean, if I can turn if I turn my air conditioning on. I can tell it in my left arm faster than in my right arm. It actually goes numb. I have to actually turn my vents off on my left side because it'll it will it will start it'll be so cold that it'll start hurting. Okay, so how old are um, you now? Thirty three. Oh, you're a young guy. And are you a smoker? <laughs> no, my mom. Uh, my mom was a smoker, and I lived in the house uh, with three smokers for. 22 years. Right. I understand. Do you have, uh, diabetes or high blood pressure? No. Uh, I got sleep apnea. Uh, huh. but you use your CPAP. Yeah. Uh-huh. When I can. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's the problem. Okay. So yeah. I'm going through the major risk factors for coronary artery disease. Uh, are you overweight? No. Okay. Well, I mean, they say you are, I'm, I'm, I'm 240 pounds. Uh, I'm six, two. So, yeah, well, I mean, so, some people say, yeah, you are, but then some people say, oh, well, you're just a big wide frame, big frame. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, it juggles. So I'm not going to say, no, I'm not overweight. And I can't say, yeah, I am overweight because I really don't know. But well, you're, you're, look, you're heavy. Not, As yeah. my mother would say, you're stout. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you don't have a lot of risk factors for heart disease, but you should have yeah. anybody that has chest pain of unknown origin needs a cardiac stress test. They put you on a yeah, treadmill. So that yeah, was negative, did. right? Yeah. Well, we did that back in 2012 and they said it was negative. But when I went and did my PFT uh, last week, they said that it showed abnormalities and they don't know why they didn't tell me that. Okay. So, so here's, here's the thing about chest pain. The things that can give you chest pain are typical things like coronary heart disease, uh, and musculoskeletal problems, which are bony problems in your chest and reflux. COPD does not give you chest pain. Now you may have some chest, uh, issues from cigarette smoke exposure, uh, okay. but, uh, and that's what they're going to do, but that is not the answer. You're going to a pulmonologist, a pulmonologist, uh, like a cardiologist specializes in chest pain. So what I would do is use this opportunity to start over with your complaints, uh, explain it to him or her exactly the sensation that you're getting, uh, and let that person reassess what's going on. Reflux can cause chest pain for sure. Reflux does not cause tingling in the arms. Musculoskeletal conditions in your neck can cause that. Uh, and so you've got to put together the musculoskeletal, the cardiac, uh, and the GI to figure this out. And the pulmonary person should be able to do this. But it ain't COPD. That doesn't give you chest pain. Well, I know it's not reflux because it, I'm always out of breath. I, I mean, I can't ever catch my breath. Uh, I'm always tired. So, yeah. I mean, I know it's, I know it's not reflux. Well, reflux. I think you, you, you're un, headed in the right direction. You need to get the pulmonary functions and see if you have any pulmonary issues. And yeah. uh, they will they will give you something to deal with this. There's simple treatment. And if that okay. fixes it, that's the end of it. Otherwise, you have to go forward. Okay? <laughs> I appreciate Great it. Great to talk to you. Right, um, hi, uh, Kay. This is Dr. Rick. How are you? Kay, are you there? 
Uh, we'll do one minute, and we're going to get Kay. We had a telephone that just basically did not pay its rent. No, that's okay. Well, hey, Kay, we're here. You're on now. You're on now. Hey, Kay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I know you know who I am, but anyway, I have not yet gotten to my new cardiologist. He comes well-recommended, and I have an appointment in 10 days. But I would like to have you. You do such a great job of explaining things. I would like for you to explain what exactly goes on with irregular heartbeat, what brings it on, uh, so forth. Okay. So uh, most people uh, will have palpitations from time to time. That is irregularities in their heartbeat. Uh, the heart is usually perfectly regular. Bum, 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 bum. It's the same thing you feel in your pulse. Uh, and sometimes it will skip a beat. Those uh, palpitations can are most often benign. They're not associated with heart disease. But there are some that are, and it's hard for you to figure that out yourself. They can come either from your atrium, the little... Uh, top of your heart or from your ventricle, the part that is the big muscle that pumps it. So that's palpitations. Uh, and then there are diseases that are associated with uh, irregular heartbeats. And these are things like atrial fibrillation, which is very, very common in seniors. And that means one of those little uh, parts of your heart at the top is uh, is not beating appropriately. It it it's flabby and it flips around and sometimes it beats and sometimes it doesn't. And that screws up your rhythm because the electricity that determines what your heart rate is, uh, is, um, uh, um, is directed from the atrium. It comes up from the top and goes down. So atrial fibrillation is a very common arrhythmia and, uh, it's because of disease in the conduction pathway or in the atrium. And it is very, very common, and it, most people, that's what the problem is. Sometimes it can be corrected electrically uh, by a cardiac electrophysiologist, but sometimes you just have to take anticoagulants because what happens when you have a flabby atrium is clots develop up there, and they're thrown up into your head, and you get a stroke. So that's okay. atrial fibrillation. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Um I experience this only when I exhaust myself too much. If I push myself to finish getting the yard cleaned up for garbage the next day, I realize that I'm having problems. And I will it'll be anywhere from three normal heartbeats to a half heartbeat, or sometimes it'll be six. And I, what I do is I go lie down on the couch, relax, deep breathing, and usually in about 10 minutes it's gone. But it happens only when I have exhausted myself. So. Yeah, so that sounds like you could be having ventricular premature uh, contractions, the uh -huh. more serious ones uh, brought on by exercise, and it may mean that you have a blood vessel that is not working correctly in your heart, mm -hmm. and uh, I would not do any more uh, exercise, especially in this heat, until you see your cardiologist, and that can be worked up. What he will do is a stress test. Uh, they can do them without having to put you on a treadmill. They can just inject you with something that makes your heart beat fast uh -huh. and see if you get any changes in your electrocardiogram. Okay. And okay, that's, now, the, that's the way to should, fix it. How should I reduce my exercise? I shouldn't use my treadmill. I shouldn't use my spinning bike. I wouldn't do anything for two weeks because you're going to see him in two weeks. Okay. So that's, uh, I'd hold off on exercise with that particular complaint 
uh, which is exercise-induced palpitations until you see him. And uh, you probably need to let him know you're having him. He, won't, he may want to get you in a little quicker, Kay. Thanks for your call. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm here alone and lonely uh, at uh, at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you've been hearing bells uh, ringing, my phone has been ringing. I apologize. I forgot to turn it off. And uh, for some reason or other, a lot of people are looking for me. I'm probably in deep trouble. Let's go to go to Tennessee and Kay. Hey, Kay. Hi. What's happening? Glad to, uh, glad to talk to you. Uh, Where I'm, are you at in Tennessee? I'm uh, Olive Hill. Where is that? It's out towards Savannah. Wow. That's yeah. a beautiful area out there. It is. It's God's heaven out here. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Well, for uh, quite a few years, 30 probably, I've had some tingling in my fingers. Just just in the end, it might be just one finger or two, and it, and then it goes away. And uh, there's nothing that particularly that I'm doing. It, it just comes and goes, and it might be weeks or months before that happens, and I just wonder, is that anything... Yeah, you've got a you've got an entrapment syndrome of the nerve going to those fingers. It could be at the wrist, which is myocarpal tunnel, or it could be somewhere else. If it's that intermittent, I wouldn't worry about it. If it gets worse, then see somebody. Okay, I, I'm out of time, Kay. I got to go to the next caller. We're just we've got just a few seconds left. Let's go to William and Tupelo. I've only got about uh, a minute or less. What's going on, William? Uh, yes. Um... <clears throat> 42-year-old man, um, played a lot of sports, uh, was big in athletics and being outdoors uh, when I was young. Okay. I, I actually had to have arthroscopic surgery on my right knee. Right. Um, here in the, over the last few years, I am just getting terrible pain, um, mainly in the one that was operated on. Mm-hmm. But it's in the other one, too. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I would just cope with it you know eat a bunch of Tylenol and stuff like that but it's just it's getting to the point where I can't barely take it some days I was just wondering any advice any anything I might you know okay yeah uh well the advice is is that if you have bilateral knee disease you need to make sure it's not something easily fixable like gout so uh which is uric acid elevation and in people who've had joint problems some and surgery, sometimes that's missed. So uh, I would uh, first make sure I've had a general medical uh, checkup and had my uric acid checked. And secondly, I would put myself in physical therapy for six weeks, uh, either by having my doctor do it or calling myself for your knees and see if you get any relief. Uh, the best uh, non-steroidal is naproxen over-the-counter is a leave taken twice a day with a stomach protector. If that doesn't work, unfortunately, you are stuck with an orthopedist. So that's the usual and customary. If you need more on that, send me an email at southernremedy at mpbonline.org. It's been great visiting with you, including you, William, and thank you for your call. Hope we've helped a little bit with a few items. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Uh, this is a program is supported by the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi and the University of Mississippi Medical Center. There'll be a replay Sunday at 5 p.m. Have a great rest of the week.
This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue. More at bcbsms.com. The best chance for rain today will be along and west of inter.